0: Mamas gave us two, we couldn't shake no more. We got down on our knees when cancer knocked at our door. We got kicked in the ass, we gave lots of sass. Oh, when it rains, it falls into this half full glass. Oh, thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Victories in the dark.
1: Hi, I'm Mimi Hall. And I'm Leanna House. And you're listening to Thanks Cancer. We are two cancer friends. And we're not doctors, we're not nurses. We're not shrinks, we're not psychics, we're not shamans. No, and cancer's pretty hard too, say. So I think mean, cancer's a little hard. You might hear some swearing words some in swears. the episode. Ben, we hope you'll enjoy it. This is the podcast we wish that we had when we were going through our treatment. Hi, Leanna. Hi, Mimi. Hey, it's a grab bag. It... <laughs> What does that even mean? Well, it means that we're going to touch on a lot of topics that we have been wanting to talk about, but we haven't felt like they're big enough for maybe a whole episode. Well, and we haven't, like, agreed on any of the topics on the same day. Yeah, exactly. And we just didn't know what else to do tonight either. (laughs) We were going to talk about surgery, but it didn't feel right.
2: Uh, Surgery never feels right. That's the whole point of surgery. If you can put off surgery, you do.
1: (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Okay. That's part of it. So what are we talking about today? So one of the things I wanted to talk about is intermittent fasting. Did we talk a little bit about intermittent fasting
2: and how we make
1: chemo better, right? Exactly. I think Mm -hmm. we talked about it as a way that I dealt with it for chemo. And I think that it's actually catching on now in the people who are going through cancer treatment. um, Yeah. Well, and in general, I think there's...
2: There's, like, people who lose a lot of weight doing intermittent fasting or, like, control diabetes. There's, like, a whole group of people.
1: It allows you to put your body in rest. And so what I did was I, when I was going through chemotherapy, I started doing intermittent fasting the second taxile treatment. I didn't do it the first one. And it was night and day with the recovery. And the theory is, is that your cells go to sleep. The cancer cells don't. And that's the problem with cancer cells. They don't sleep when they don't have food. Yeah. Okay. So when you suddenly get that infusion of chemotherapy and you haven't eaten for 24, 48 hours, the cancer cells eat up all of the chemotherapy you know and
2: if i would have known about this i probably would have done intermittent fasting you
1: feel so much better in your gut too because your gut's not activated and awake while you're getting the chemotherapy and i swear it makes such a difference with like just the 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 gut side effects but i was on chemotherapy i was on immunotherapy targeted immunotherapy for a really long time which gave me real problems with my digestive system and i've continued with just eating in intermittent fasting windows within each day so i don't eat until like one or two o'clock it's easier than people think people kind of freak out and they're like oh my god you know like but it's it's actually it really seems to work and it seems to help the body recover after after going through all of that stuff with the digestive system i mean i don't know if it's perfect but yeah i think it i think it there's something to it actually okay like that's
2: a thing i would have liked to be able to explore
1: yeah if, if it
2: would have worked for me
1: yeah i think it's um you know, I think it's important to talk about it and just put it out there. Do some do As some research. Yeah, do some research on it. See if it's for you and just try it if you're going through treatment. I think it really works. So, what I to talk to your doctor. Maybe. I didn't talk to my doctor about it. Their, well, your doctor's I, probably going to say no because they don't want you to starve to death. Well, I usually talk to
2: my doctor. When like, you've done your research? When I've done my research and maybe when I've started it, but like not really done a lot with it. Like, you want to bring your doctor in kind of early on in the process, right? Yeah, I would say, what I would suggest is to try it and yes, see if it yes. works, right? Like, That's... I did a lot of things where I, like, tried walking a mile or two and saw right. to see if my doctor... well, and See I'm... if it works for me before I talk to my doctor about it, because if I walk a half a mile and I'm like, this doesn't work...
1: Well, obviously, too. If someone's like having a hard time holding down food, or you're not able to eat, I'm not sure if I would recommend this in the way that if someone who's holding food down is 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 the person I'm talking to. But, well, I think I think you should try it. So, if you're getting chemotherapy every three weeks, you can do um, you can start your fast 48 hours ahead of time, and then keep your fast for 24 hours afterwards. That would kind of be the most like Wait, extreme. Protocol. But you don't eat for four days. No, 48 hours. That's two days.
2: But two days on either side of it.
1: You don't eat, so you don't eat for the two days before your chemo, and then one day afterwards. Okay, but so it's three three days, days. like three days of fasting. Well, that's if you're getting chemo every. Let's see, that was every three three weeks. So, I modified that. So here's what I did when I was getting it weekly. I was getting Taxol weekly. I would start my fast, and I think anyone could do this, whether you're doing it three weeks or not. You could do it one day before. So one day you start a fast. So I would usually like have lunch the day before and right. I'd be like okay that's it. Okay. You know stopping. And then I would pee. It was really weird. When I was in the treatment I would crave a Coca-Cola which I never drank. That was huh. the strangest thing. I don't know why I craved Maybe it. Maybe you would have Coca-Cola? my mom did her best so she did her best like sometimes i would get it i wanted like a fountain soda and it was just like it seemed impossible to find in dana farber i don't know why don't they have soda i swear they have soda i think they do so anyway i would but anyway but no we would get a soda most of the time so but that would be weird and it would pass i have like two sips and i'd be fine like it was very weird and then um I would keep. I would have just a teeny bite to eat afterwards and keep it really light the next yeah. day. Yeah. And then that was it, pretty much. And I found it made night and day difference. And it just made me feel like things were getting processed better. And maybe it also gave me a sense of control, too. There might be have been a little bit of that involved, too. Well, and a 24-hour fast
2: isn't going to do... It's not going to damage anything. It's not going to damage anything. No. Humans are meant to fast. Yeah. We really are. Well, and, and none of us... I mean, maybe really really bad off people, but like none of us is within 24 hours of starving to death.
1: No, I got fat as a little chipmunk. So that was not, you know, <laughs> eating You're lots be of acorns. okay for a day. Yeah, I no, I was fine with the fasting. So okay. so yeah, so that's my that's my little grab bag item of the intermittent fasting. Okay.
2: Well, I have wanted to talk about navigating the cancer community for a long time. What's up with the cancer community? I mean, so I've gone to a several like cancer things in the recent-ish past and it's always this weird dynamic because okay so everywhere you are in the cancer community is kind of every event or every like community group there's like something weird about it because like I did an event where I was like the patient partner so I'm like the token patient there I mean, but I mean, there's a lot of other patients there, but I'm like the one that's the token patient. So people are like coming up to me and being like, oh, you know, you're so strong or my mother this or like it's putting myself into this like position of token patient, which I'm sure a lot of other people that go into the cancer community have had. And it's just like weird having, I don't know, it's like a lot that you're inviting in when you do Mm -hmm. an event like that. So and then you have um, navigating the cancer community like no one really wants to be there. I mean, we all want to be there. Because, I was say, it
1: should be a transitory place in a way, in a way. Right. right?
2: Like, and, it, and it is a transitory place, but like no one like wants to be no one chooses to be a part of this community. So it's kind of this right. weird like I want to be here, but like
1: I do not want to be here. It's like a gathering of veterans of some war or something, but <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's weirder than that because the war's never ending. For it's a very, lot of people. And it's all very personal wars. Ugh. It's not one war that unites us, but we all kind of relate. It's very odd.
2: And we're all, like, acting out in different ways
1: or, like, coping in different ways. And we're in different stages Ugh. of healing. I mean, one of the things that occurs to me is you're just mentioning this now. When you look visibly, like, not like a cancer patient and you don't act like a cancer, you, you, the There's just nothing about you that says cancer patient. Now versus when I first met you, honestly, you did look a little bit like a cancer patient. I mean,
2: I had just gotten done with radiation.
1: Right, you were a cancer patient. Right, exactly. I had just finished um, my therapy and treatment the month before. So we were both cancer patients when we met each other. And now, and I think we both had a look that if you're schooled enough, like if you've been around people with cancer, you might know like those aren't just curls because she has a good perm. Right. A lot of Asian people asked me about my hair. They did. They asked me about my hair because apparently my hairdresser told me that, like, because I have very straight hair, like, stick straight, like, yeah. kind of, like, almost Asian hair, and I had a lot of people ask me, like, where did you get, where do you get your hair done at a certain point? Because it just, it looked like a really good perm, and I have to admit, I have thought about getting a perm, too. Why didn't I get chemo curls? I don't know, but I miss my chemo curls every day.
2: Seriously, I need a perm so I can reenact chemo curls, because I missed out on it. I talked about
1: it, and my boyfriend was like, that sounds disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what your boyfriend doesn't want you to get a perm i'm like i don't know but those people were on to something asking me about the perm <laughs> you're the one that has to like live with emma it. watson has a perm i did a search in the middle of the night on google it was not a, okay anyway okay. That, grab a bag so, grab yes. bag uh, okay that's good so yeah navigating the cancer community on that I haven't been much of a joiner and I think you know like I do find my little toes that I've put in the water sometime I'm just like oh there's piranhas in that water because it's hard like I saw you after Fit Fest which was a bit of an odd scene do you know what I mean and it's it's just like I was like god it's just you never know how it's gonna go yes you never know how it's gonna go we live in Boston so we get pulled into a lot of events too because most people come in here for treatment and then they leave they fly back to wherever they're from or whatever but we're still here well like some of like the support court groups I go to, yeah. there's people that are
2: almost, I don't want to say, like, recovered, but they're, like, almost out of it. And then there's people that just barely got diagnosed. Right. And they're, like, in a whole different places. And some people are angry. Like, it's all different stages of grief. So you don't know if, like, right. are you going to get, like, the anger side or the calm acceptance or the it's denial or whatever. the stages of cancer whatever. survivorship. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. See that episode. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, it's a tumultuous place. Yeah it's tumultuous transition housing ideally
1: it's weird though it is weird it's like a weird social it's an odd thing and i think that's why i haven't really felt i haven't felt compelled to do it for that reason and also because longwood is so hard to get to from this part of town i'm just going to be honest with you it's like it's just hard to get to you don't know... know how to get there from here that's right. why I always take an Uber. Right, or a bike. It's just, Boston's like that. It's just, a, anyway, but let's talk about something really important. Okay, What what's your crap bag item? <laughs> crap bag! So this is something I've wanted to talk about for a while. I just haven't known where it fits in. And um, I want to talk about bras for mastectomies. And this is something, so when, before you go to get your surgery... I mean, let's face facts, you're so out of your mind with fear and what's it going to be like and people aren't really thinking about this and how many women have thought about it. So I did a lot of research. I don't know who gave me the tip. I think it might have been my therapist said go online and look for things post surgery and there's that so many is great advice right and there's like, so many cute things for post plastic surgery mm. that work i mean you, you have the same stuff done so so that works for
2: mastectomy patients and maybe anyone who has a uh, surgery on their middles
1: Right, and then there's stuff for girls who have deep flaps. If they do the deep flap reconstruction and the fat grafting, they have great girdles and stuff, like full-body girdles. South America really specializes in a lot of these things because they have a lot of all-over-body surgery and liposuction there, so they have a lot of great compression garments, which help you. Thanks, global economy. Yeah, exactly. So so anyway, the two that I found, because they're not cheap, and you don't want to make a mistake, right? Because, like, life's hard enough because you've just had cancer surgery. Well, and then you have to, like, return it right so typically what's going to happen is they're going to put you in a surgical bra to send you home okay and you probably should just keep that one on until like you get your drains removed and all of that but then you're going to need one for when you're getting your expansion you need a long-term bra Mm Mm-hmm. exactly and i would say you need at least two um just because you're gonna be wearing them all the time. You're gonna be wearing them to go to sleep, to like all day. Well the bra that
2: they give the bras that they give you are super comfortable, but they are not pretty. They no. have like velcro. You feel like a feel like a toddler again.
1: Yeah, so these that i loved this was my favorite by far so just after surgery it's the morena post surgical compression bra and i just checked it out and it's i got mine a couple of years ago but it retails now at about 54 bucks and it's got the main thing about this is that it's got straps that really work on the top that expand as your expansion goes on because when you're getting your reconstruction if you choose to do that your breasts are going to be growing like a teenagers like a rapidly growing teenagers oh, okay every week by like it a hurts shot blast. so bad as much as it hurt last time around right so you can just expand them with these now i got other brand i got another brand it was from um south america somewhere um or actually, I think it was made in Spain. And it had a similar concept, but it kept coming undone on the top. So that's why I'm oh. saying this morena is really good. And then in the and front... it has, like, on the
2: sides, it has, like, the normal bra straps. It's not, like, shoulder straps that are
1: hard to wheel. And like you're the- going to be puffy post-surgery, and it could actually, like... Bruise, you know, it can oh. bruise you. And this is good for you if you've got lymph issues because it's a compression garment, too. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things I liked about it in the front, too, it's got three different closures in the front because you're not going to be able to close anything in the back. You've got to get something in the front. No, you're not going to be able to close anything in the back for like a year. Right. So there's like six different eye hooks, and then you've got three different settings here. Mm-hmm. And what I loved about this just post um, bilateral mastectomy when I was getting reconstruction is that it gave me a little cleavage and it was actually kind of sexy and like a Madonna early 90s kind of way. I mean it looks really cute. It's really cute. Like I kind of miss wearing these bras actually. Like I do and I don't because I wore them like. they're so soft. Sorry for touching your bras. No 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 it's fine they're totally clean. So the one that Leanna just touched is the Carefix bra and I really loved this one too just for like different reasons. So It, it looks like a cute swimming suit top. So this one's better like once you've gone through the expansion stage because you can see here like it doesn't necessarily move as much right. but it stretches it's and, more like a sports bra and with a it front has closure. like a cute racer back yeah this was really comfortable this mm-hmm. Carefix front closure and we just looked it up on amazon and i think it was about 40 bucks for this it also has three uh this one has two different settings for closures and but, like 10 different hooks it's like a corset yeah and i wore these to do everything i wore these from everything to riding bikes to going to the gym to Sleeping to you know going out. Did you know, I never took them off? And so. also, bras are going to be complicated for like a little while. Yeah, if you're like getting reconstruct, well, if you're getting surgical reconstruction, it's going to be a solid year and a half of going in and other surgeries. So, get two, invest in two good bras, and don't give up. Listen, I had to go through six of them to get these two, and oh. I'm here to. This is why I added it to the grab bag because we're doing the research <laughs> for you. <laughs> I just gave Leah a crazy eyes like
2: grab bag is just to She's been singing the grab bag song. Grab bag! For a while. Grab bag. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So do we get to talk about something I've wanted to talk about for a while? Yeah, we get to talk about doctors. So I've wanted to talk about how to talk to your doctor because this is a panel I was on a year ago for Dana-Farber Young Adult Cancer Conference. Mm -hmm. And I was on a panel with a therapist and an oncologist and another patient, and we were talking about, like, how to get the most out of your care team, how to talk to your doctors. And I thought that they had a lot of really good advice, and I did too, obviously. So things like you you need to think about what you need to get out of the appointment. Like, you mm. think about it before. Like, you figure out what you really need to know. You share with your care team, like, how you want to receive information. Like, maybe you want to learn about everything about the cancer treatment or every every side effect that it could be. Or maybe you want to hear about, like, the likely side effects. Like, you get to decide how much how you want to receive information from your doctor and sometimes like you can send your doctor an email with questions beforehand Mm -hmm. like you can send them an email that's like oh this is what i plan on talking about at the appointment you can also do things like ask your doctor i asked my doctor a lot like is there anything that i'm not asking you about that i Mm -hmm. should be asking you about because i mean doctors are busy people too and so they sometimes, f- no, not forget, like they know all of this, but they forget that you and they haven't talked about, you know, fatigue or after side effects or, you know, maybe there's this other option over here. Like, you can ask your doctor what questions you're not asking them or your care team. You can, uh, it's okay to ask again. Your You should take someone to your appointments who's pushy. Like,
1: well, I, mm, you don't like that one. I'm not sure that that's, that's, let me not say, I, let me just say, I think that you should, you should, if that would help you, do you know what I mean? Because some people, I don't think that would help. And I don't think it would help all doctors either. I think it's a chemistry thing that would happen. Well, so what I mean by that is that. But having another
2: person, there is. Having another person, but having another person that like. Not your dotty dad who's like not even paying attention to like what's going on. Like, not you, that either of us have that. But no, no, well, we don't actually. You, you don't want your right. friend there who right. who's who, checked out and right. nervous. Totally right. checked out. No. You don't want someone who's nervous. You don't want someone who's like your emotional support because you need emotional support for sure. I mean, I would say need, you want someone
1: who's a note taker.
2: Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, You need a the note-taker. most diligent note taker right. in your life to right. be at this appointment, and. You're in charge of this, but if you have someone who's, like, also really good at being in charge they can help you
1: and if you're not you can assign it to them yes I mean I think what I learned was that I it helped me to think about my and it still helps me now to think about my three main points I wanted to talk to to the doctor and keeping it to three points helps me now I may have more than that but at least it tells me how to prioritize and what are my three main red flashing
2: lights oh my goodness because I was always so surprised when I would get to the appointment and I forgot everything
1: that I was supposed to talk about
2: notes I take notes with me you're never gonna remember these Things.
1: No, no, especially if you're getting different news too um, while you're going on with the meeting. Oh my goodness, that'll throw you off because some of this news that you might be getting is pretty dramatic. It's and- it's it's really hard to think about
2: in the moment, like what you really need to know.
1: And that note taker, maybe even pushy friend that you bring along with you, you know, you want someone who isn't maybe so emotionally invested either. Ideally, I know that's a weird combination of things, but it's like if it's someone who's like super close to you, they may be getting... An emotional reaction to the news too. So I know right. this is a weird constellation of traits, but you, you kinda pick the right person. Yeah, ideally someone who's been in the medical world. Yeah, that or has like a, that remove, or like a like a lawyer type, or or a medical type, or right. I don't know. But the other thing that you said too that I thought was good is using email. And one thing that one way that I use that a lot was with my plastic surgeons, mm. just showing them like scar healing, what's going on, taking a picture and uploading it and showing it it's some of the worst like sexting i've ever done in my life well, we have
2: a lot of really good technology we should be using it
1: yeah i think sending photos is a really helpful way of avoiding a trip in or or actually just having the trip at the plastic surgeons or the surgeons be much more efficient and then i the thing that i've learned recently is that there's a really good question. Well, there's two things that I learned. First of all, if you're someone who likes more information, start each meeting with, I'm someone who enjoys more information. I like more information. I do better with more information. Remind them who you are. Exactly. And then the other thing I'm finding lately as I get into more subtle problems that involve more systemic stuff is asking what other team members or what other teams should we include in this discussion or is there anyone who I should speak to in addition to you about this because if your doctor can't help you because sometimes your doctor can't help you Well, sometimes they're helping their... you but you want the other team members to know because it could mm-hmm. be a sign of cancer but you're ha- dealing with a hematologist right. you know and so you just i think it's important just to like loop uh, just ask the question and it might right. jigger something of like you know what i'm gonna reach out to them
2: yeah and it's a way of being able to insist on answers to your questions. I
1: also think that they good doctors like to do good medicine and they look for excuses to reach out to other teams if yeah. they're really caring about the patient yeah. and if there's something compelling them. It just it can't help to put a spark in there like any good meeting you have with anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
2: and doctors sometimes like don't want to answer a question because they don't have a definite answer for like what your future is going to be but like it's okay to insist on answers to your questions.
1: I think they like to refer too. So I think just asking like, you know, what other, yeah. So that segues to our next topic. So I am- Grab bag. Grab bag, exactly. So. My, my topic is your blood may be weak. And we talked about this the other week. I need week. to get my blood tested. Right. So I went through treatment and, you know, just riffing on what we were talking about earlier, the whole food equation of cancer. Um, I've been a vegetarian since I was 18. So that's like... So almost, your iron is already low. Well, it is. And, you know, having low iron isn't really necessarily a bad thing right. until it is. Like, until yeah. it gets too low. And my blood just got really weak. My hemocrit was dead. just like, my blood was just watery and weak. Week and it was just not good and so now um, i've been getting iron infusions and because I... we like low iron affects a lot of things that are also
2: exacerbated by cancer
1: yeah and it also it makes you feel depressed it makes you feel cold it makes you feel tired all the time i swear depression and fatigue is a side effect
2: for like every single cancer treatment
1: but it could be the blood and i just want to say that over and over and over again it could be your blood like you you may be depressed too but get your blood checked because and i'm also getting b12 intramuscular b12 injections you can probably take b12 orally i take folic acid all of the stuff to and absorb. the iron absorption is like helped by vitamin c so right. eating things in conjunction with it so i think that some of the malabsorption may be exacerbated by the fact that i went through a very long immunotherapy treatment and i think more and more of us are going through long treatments and we're surviving and our our digestive systems are shot and that's mm. why i'm doing the intermittent fasting and continue to because my system needs to rest and i do think i just i just think that we're going to be hearing about a lot more people who go through cancer treatment who do need supplementary infusions or need to take supplementation because you sort. got way overworked your well, it body just, got way over it goes on for longer than it used to and we're surviving longer right. so those of us who maybe don't have like it may affect my digestive system because it was never the strongest, but it affects everyone's. We just don't know to what degree. I don't know, okay. but I don't know if anyone's doing research on this. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I would just say, get your blood checked, please, because I had to push. I'll get for, my blood checked. I had to push for about a year and it took it, it. They don't do it easily. It costs a bit. Your insurance should cover it. I don't know if it will, if you've gone through cancer treatment, but um Mark and remember, like, if you're feeling cold, well, lethargic. Well, can't you get, like, a regular blood test anyway? It's just you have to go a little bit deeper sometimes mm-hmm. to find the iron problems. So I would just really dig. Well, and this, especially is, how like to, your vegetarian. this is how to talk to your doctor. Right, it exactly. It. it is all. See, the grab bag has linkage. <laughs> There's links in all of these things. I don't know how the the bras fitted. So yeah, so now on that way, so we got our last topic, which is something you've been wanting to talk about for quite some time. Hey, I prepped for this whole episode, and you just ignored it. I did not. We were finishing it for the finale,
2: because it's going to be so great. So the thing that I want to talk about, the last thing that we're going to talk about is things that people Google about cancer, because... I mean, obviously you can talk to your doctor, but why am I going to talk to my doctor when I'm not going to see my doctor for three days? Like I'm going to type it into Google, right? So we all Google, we all Google for answers to our questions about cancer. But if you start to Google, does cancer, the questions are, does cancer itch? Like people are trying to figure out what causes cancer. Does nicotine cause cancer? Right, but does cancer smell? Does cancer make you tired? Does Does... cancer feed on sugar? Does Caliu have cancer? What's that? (laughs) I don't. Oh, Caillou. What's Caillou? (laughs) Caillou is this cartoon. What? That um, it's this little bald boy. But it's a a terrible cartoon. No, it's not. And it's not about cancer. But it's like the fan theory is that if he does have cancer, it makes way more sense. Like maybe he died of cancer. Okay, okay, got it. Yep, got it. Okay. Wow. (laughs) So, So you get just weird and silly questions about cancer. Or, like, why is it called cancer? You also get a lot of stuff about horoscopes and I'm a cancer, ha ha. Oh, I have to, like, when I Google, I have to filter out horoscope results. Like, it's just weird. It is weird. All of the questions that people are asking Google, like, Google cannot answer or
1: they are just weird questions. But you know what I can tell you? I can tell you why there's a horoscope and a crab and a cancer connection. It's because the first cancers weren't controlled and... Most of them were breast cancers, unfortunately, or cancers that were like the ones that people could see were things like breast cancers that were close to the chest wall. And it looked like a crab, like a fully expressed tumor looks like a crab when it's fully, fully grown. So it was Egyptians that first came up. With and, and that did not come from Google, that came from a book. Hey. Um, but but no, it came from Emperor okay. of All Maladies, um, which is a great book, highly recommended. Um, but yeah, it's it's weird, like the things that you find too when you look for cancer, like just like the like the top hits and everything, and you start to consider that. Just the,
2: well, the, it makes me. It makes me like worried because of the questions that people are asking Google, but also like just sad.
1: Like, why does cancer happen? People are like Googling that. Like, yeah. And also, it's such bullshit. Like, would you ever learn anything from the seven morning signs of cancer? Like, never has, I'm sorry, never has anyone been like, oh my God, doctor, <laughs> I went through this list on the Google.
2: And it's five, six out of seven.
1: Cancer? I mean, I went in prison like someone who was dying of cancer because guess what i was and my doctor was like don't let the farmers stress you out get back to work and go jog some more this guy at tough medical there's really something wrong thanks my god (laughs) thanks doctor so a lot of the
2: answers in cancer are not googleable yeah it's a problem well i think it's a larger problem like where do you find answers if google doesn't
1: know I think you read things like The Emperor of All Maladies. Um, I do I think you have to dive pretty deep I think you have to go start navigate getting
2: very... the cancer community
1: yeah you got to navigate the cancer community well I think you have to navigate the cancer community online it's a different kind of community I'll take the cancer community online versus the real life cancer community any day I mean they both have their own like wonderful and weird things yeah and I think you can learn a lot from both of them too yeah. so all right well listen thanks grab bag thanks Leanna thanks maybe thanks cancer That was our episode. Thanks for listening to Thanks Cancer. If you guys enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would give us a review on iTunes or Google Play. And you can find us
2: on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook at Thanks Cancer.
1: And please, we'd love to hear from you, your stories, your protocols. Exactly. Advice that you have to share
2: with the community. So send us your audio files at info at thankscancer.com.
0: Well, the trap. Vic stopped, you lay on the horn and you ask yourself, Where is my cancer unicorn? But we're at the gate with your cancer card. We're your passport date, cause cancer's damn hard. Oh, thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Victories in the dark.